This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Golf has a new game-changing number. Experience TaylorMade speed with the forgiveness of 10K inertia with the all-new QI10 Max. Only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more about the QI10 Carbon Woods. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And a good morning, Canada. Happy Family Day. Welcome inside GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino joining a little later in the show as he is traveling back. He's coming back from the West Coast Swing. He's been gone for couple of weeks now but mark will be leaving on a jet plane back here to the cold of toronto later today but bob good morning how are you my friend how was the weekend uh weekend was very good it was cold <laughs> good day for a good weekend for sitting inside and watching some golf and uh it was quite a golf tournament we uh we witnessed there lots of up and downs and lots of things going on so uh uh as i say good day to stay inside Good day to stay inside, and I know you've been keeping close tabs as well on the Scotties. How much curling did you watch over the weekend? Yeah, I watched a fair bit of curling and uh, was trying to work a little bit on some of the con- well, the controversy that's going on at the Scotties right now. We had a big story with uh, the lead, Brianne Harris, for Team Canada, Carrie Anderson's four-time defending championship team going for the five-peat. Uh, being ruled ineligible and no other news, no other information coming out there, and there's no leaks. So, kind of like having your kind of like uh, like say an hour before the uh, puck drops, you have your your starting goalie said, "Nope, you can't play. Uh, we're not going to tell you why, but you can't play." So, it's interesting, interesting stuff going on at the Scotties, and uh, I'm sure our uh, our crack crew there will uh, will have an answer of what's going on before too long. Well, would you look at that? Scotty's coverage, of course, continues on TSN throughout uh, the next uh, week or so as the tournament wraps up next Sunday. But a busy show today. Another great weekend of golf for Canadians. We'll recap that all. We'll hear from the Z-Man a little later in the show. And we're going to discuss the Myrtle Beach Classic and a really cool initiative they're doing with some YouTube golfers. We'll learn all about that with Kyle Olin from Myrtle Beach. That's coming up in hour two, as well as winners, weird and what. But let's kick things off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. Well, another week and another great Canadian success story in the world of golf. This time, it's Stephen Ames, who won four times last year on PGA Tour Champions, and he gets it done again, Bob. Yes, I know different circumstances, but still, five wins in his last 24 PGA Tour Champions starts. What can you say about Stephen Ames? Well, he's, uh, he's got that beautiful, sweet swing. He's always had that, one of the best swings I've ever seen on the tour. And he's working, of course, with our friend Shaheen Nakjavani uh, to groove it in a little bit more. I saw he was working quite a bit before this week's tournament, and obviously it, it did pretty well. Um, he's not a young guy, you know, by Champions Tour. He's going to be 60 at the end of April. So it's, uh, he's, he's kind of finding his sweet spot as, uh, in the twilight of his career. But uh, great performance, 13 under par over two rounds. They didn't have to play the fourth round or the third round. That's always the best way to finish one off. You can sit in the sit in the breakfast uh, table and say, "Yep, you're the winner." But uh, good for Stephen, and 
Man, I don't see him slowing down. He's in good shape. He looks like he's, uh, you know, fit, no ailments. A lot of, the, the thing about the Champions Tour, there's always a lot of bad backs and sore knees and, and uh, some, some larger fronts, shall we say. But uh, it's all pretty good for Steven, looking good right now. Well, and you mentioned the ailments and issues, and one guy who hasn't had that really at all in his PGA Tour champion's career is Bernhard Langer, who, of course, tore his Achilles. He was set to play in his final Masters. We won't be seeing Bernhard Langer anytime soon, unfortunately. But looking ahead here, Stephen Ames probably right now is either landing in Morocco or flying in Morocco, where, hey, he won last year. So who knows, Bob? Maybe we're talking about Stephen Ames again next Monday, too. Listen, seven wins is uh, is pretty remarkable, and uh, if it, I don't know, like if you had told me who's going to have more wins on the Champions Tour, Stephen Ames or Mike Weir, I probably would have bet Mike Weir, but Stephen Ames is, I say, he's finding his uh, finding his groove in the twilight of his career. And a lot of people online, you know, if you search Stephen Ames on Twitter prior to this recent success, you might see. Stuff for when he was talking about how Tiger Woods was playing in the match play all those years ago. And, of course, Tiger won that match in, in a big fashion. But many people perhaps forget that Stephen Ames won the Players' Championship all those years ago. And you've told the story before, Bob. But for those who haven't heard, just you were there on location when Stephen Ames won the Players' Championship. Just what an unbelievable display of golf was that for Ames on that day? Well, I said this, yeah, as you said, I've said this a number of times. Um, you know, I've watched, I don't know how many thousands of rounds of golf over my career and following players, and that was the best. The final round on the Sunday was the best ball striking over 18 holes, most complete round that I've ever witnessed, and that's including Tiger Woods and all the other players that I've seen over the years. And he beat the best field in golf by six shots, and, and that's hard to do at any time but man it was just like the most beautiful control over over a swing the ball went pretty much every shot exactly where he wanted um it's just something i've i've always sort of remarked at and said man if i could be half a, I, I actually reached out to his coach shaheen this week and then and he had posted some pictures of him working together i said that is like still the sweetest swing in golf and it really hasn't uh, traveled far from that day back in 2006 when he won to where he is now it looks very similar it certainly does. Stephen Ames now five wins in his last 24 PGA Tour champion starts. Let's hear from Stephen Ames after getting the victory. Um, I think overall it was the, the mindset was pretty much the same as it was last year. Um, 2022 was a, was a very consistent great year for me uh, where I was knocking on the door multiple times but didn't actually have a win. And then when last year came out, 24, 23 came out and I won four times. I was like, whoa, this is a little different for me. And uh, so I learned a lot from that, from being in that situation. And the same situation arised here again this week where everything was, it was funny because I had, we had almost a month and a half, two months off and three weeks prior to coming here. And I didn't play much golf, but I, the mental part of it was the part that was very capable, very unusual, capable at the same time for me to switch it on and go. So that's something that I actually took from 23 coming into this year. So I think at the end of the day, it, some people might say it's a lucky win because it was only two, two rounds. But at the same time, I think I was already in the mode where I think I would have won probably by five or six again. So that's, that's the realistic of where I am right now with my game. 
Confidence clearly sky high for Stephen Ames. We should also point out that we both uh, chatted with Stephen Ames via text asking to come on today. He is traveling a bunch, so hopefully we get Stephen Ames on very soon here on GTC. Well, Stephen Ames wasn't the only success story for Canadians in the world of golf over the weekend. Jared Dutrois had a good week too, but for those of us watching here in Canada, watching the Genesis Invitational, we saw Adam Hadwin, who made quite a Sunday move. T4 finishes as T4, and Bob, last year, or last week on GTC, all three of us said Hadwin would be the next Canadian to win on the PGA Tour. Just how impressive, in particular, was that Sunday final round for Hadwin? Man, that putter, when Adam gets it rolling, he uh, he's just like, like Nick Taylor. <laughs> Maybe there's something about growing up in Abbotsford. Uh, it was funny, I was talking with somebody at, a, at a, an event on one of the nights, and I said how back in the day, Canadians used to be known for how poor the putters were. George Newton was a terrible putter. Uh, Dave Barr was not a great putter. And you go down the list, and now, I mean, Nick Taylor is an amazing putter. Mac Hughes is an amazing putter. And now Adam Hadwin, of course, is, is rolling it in. But uh, that was a pretty impressive day, and I think, I think Adam is really charged up this year. You know, he's got his, like all the Canadians, he's got his focused on those two uh, important team events, the Olympics and the President's Cup. And I think he got a little burned two years ago. He was not happy about not making the President's Cup team. He thought he would. But I think I think those guys are all driving each other in in a friendly way. I mean, I think they're all supporting each other. But talking to them, yeah, I said like this guy's spurring me on, and I'm spurring him on, and that guy's spurring you on, and so uh, so a good performance for uh, for Adam Hadwin. And you just you, you kind of got to think that it won't be too much longer before he gets a win. Maybe at the what's well, the Valspar um, tournament in Florida. Now that he gets to Florida swing, that's where he won his first time. And Canadians seem to have a habit of winning at places where they won before, like Corey Connors. So maybe he'll pull something out of the hat as he gets into Florida. And looking at data golf right now, the one stat that really does stand out to me is strokes gained off the tee, which Hadwin was third last week at the Genesis Invitational, and he went through these swing changes a couple of years ago. Looks like those are really starting to take uh, into uh, account right now. Adam Hadwin playing some great golf. Let's hear from Adam Hadwin after finishing T4 at the Genesis. Yeah, I mean, anytime you shoot 10 on a, on a weekend at Riviera, you're doing something right. Um, I felt like I just did a really good job these last two days of committing to a shot. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, indecision the first couple of days, led to some poor swings. Um, you know, the wind is, is tricky here. Sometimes you don't feel it, but it really plays heavy. And so um, I felt like these last two days, I, I really did a good job just picking a club, picking a target, making a swing and, and hitting it and go find it again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's I think it's great seeing so many countrymen this late in the day. Um, you know, when you're warming up on the last five, six groups, and you've got three and four other uh, members from Canada, it's it's a great feeling. Obviously, Nick doing wonderful things these last couple of years, winning last week, and then um, the few of us playing well this week. It's it seems like every single week we're waiting to celebrate on the 18th uh, 18th green with somebody, and so. Um, it's been a fun group to be a part of. And that's where I want to go next, Bob, because we're coming off arguably the greatest season for Canadians on the PGA Tour. We did a lot of hits for both SportsCenter, for Golf Talk Canada, in the latter portion of 2023, recapping the year that wasn't saying, hey, 2024 could be even better. We already have the win. 
by Nick Taylor, the WM Phoenix Open. Who knows? Maybe Adam Hadwin just needs to wear that good luck green hoodie actually playing on a Sunday final <laughs> round to get that victory. But in all seriousness, it's every week we're talking about Canadians having success in the world of golf, which is just unbelievable, isn't it? It's great. It's great to have a team to root for. You know, there have been a lot of years when we've had it's been the exact opposite where you had no Canadians out there, basically. And uh, and I think now we're sort of in a, a real sweet spot and you hope that there's more coming up. And you were mentioning like Jared Dutrois. He's now he's been out there a little while, but he had a chance in the Asian tour. Uh, was leading after three rounds, had a chance to not only win, but get a spot in the in the open championship. He slipped a little bit and fell down to seventh. But uh, there's a number of top players who are sort of coming up in the next generation, following up. We got, uh, by the way, um, Stuart McDonald qualified, Monday qualified for this week's tournament, the, the uh, Mexico Open. So I think there's lots of good reasons to think that uh, Canadian golf is in probably the best position it's been in for as long as I've been around anyway. So that's that's a long time. Some high praise there for sure. Should also mention Adam Svensson finishing T10 at the Genesis Invitational, heading into the final round at the Genesis. And at one point, too, there are all five Canadians inside the top 17 at a signature event on the PGA Tour. That is just awesome to see. The future is bright. 2024 is going to be a season to remember for Team Canada. Now, when you look at the Genesis Invitational, you look at the top of the leaderboard, and you look at one, Hideki Matsuyama, who, quite frankly, just went into video game mode on Sunday. The 9-under-62 wins by three. Because, Bob, at one point, there was a five-way tie atop the leaderboard. And what did Hideki do? He went out and just grabbed the trophy on his own and said, this thing is mine. What an unbelievable display of iron play, especially in that final round. Yeah, I got the three turkeys, as I was saying, you know, bogey, uh, birdie, 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 three times. You don't see that very often when he runs through it. And uh, and bogey-free, and it's nice when Hideki is pain-free. He's had that neck issue for a while now, and when that, when, when he's p- playing pain-free, his iron play is just spectacular. And you get onto a course where you need good iron play, like Riviera, and he just shines in that, in that atmosphere. So uh, a great win, again, you know, another Mike Weir's, Shocking that one up and saying, there we go. That's the kind of guy we need um, to meet him to play like that. But I, I really like Hideki's ball striking right now. His putting seems to be pretty solid. So all-around good game. you got to like that as you sort of start getting into the heavyweight season, starting with the players in a few weeks. Yeah, the health and the putter have been two things looking at Matsuyama. He does have nine wins on the PGA Tour now, but third last week in strokes gain putting. And I don't know about you, but he just looked a lot more comfortable over the putter we've seen in years past a lot of almost flinchy strokes a lot of short misses but they, they really showed a good angle of Matsuyama I believe it was on the 17th hole where he's almost bouncing his putter head behind the ball and, and that really gets him into a good rhythm and when he finished third in strokes gain putting and you're hitting these iron shots where you've got one hand off the club it looks like he doesn't like them at all and what's he do on 15 and 16 hits it to two feet combined in two holes it was awesome and for mike weir like you said another victory for an international presence cup team member he's got to be licking his chops right now bob oh for sure and and hideki also by the way set the record now that's nine wins is the most by an asian golfer on the pga tour so that's that's a big mark for him and i think 
I think if he keeps playing like this and he stays healthy, he's going to be a factor in, in the major championships coming down the stretch. So he's, uh, he's really, he's really kind of in a, as you pointed out, kind of a comfortable spot now when you see him on the golf course. He just looks a little bit more relaxed. He looks like he feels like he belongs, which he has for a long time, obviously, but just seems to be a guy who's in a nice rhythm out there. And his first win since the 2022 Sony Open. I know at some point very soon we're going to do a little President's Cup draft, I believe, for SportsCenter and YouTube. So stay tuned to that one guy. I'm also looking at for the International President's Cup team, Jason Day, who wasn't on that last team, and now he's back playing very good golf, a ninth-place finish for J-Day. Now, before we go to break, some other news in the world of golf. And Fern Lundquist uh, has announced that he is going to – announce or commentate in his final masters coming up in april and this is a guy bob who when you look at the past great moments at the masters whether it's jack in 86 tiger in 05 tiger in 19 tiger every year when he's won the masters a lot of those famous calls are from Vern lundquist lundquist he's sorely going to be missed yeah, he is. He's a very nice gentleman. I've had a chance to chat with him for a few times over the years and uh, just a very gracious guy. He loves what he does. He sort of cut short, uh, not cut short, but he sort of wound up his basketball, college basketball career was another one where he played, did a lot of announcing, sure, not played, but did a lot of announcing for college basketball. But he wanted to stay on and try to get to 40 majors or 40 masters and now he's going to do it. And I can remember one time years ago, I think it was probably his 30th or maybe his 25th. I'm not sure how long ago it was. We went onto the range at a PGA Tour event, and we had a whole bunch of tour players try to try to uh, imitate his famous call with Jack Nicklaus. Maybe, yes, sir. And uh, he went on with. We had a few of them going on with uh, with that. It was it was a fun piece. Everybody loves Vern. Vern's just a, a lovely guy, and he's been uh, he's been kind of that voice that you recognize whenever you're thinking about um, thinking about great golf moments. I think your impression of that was pretty spot on i have to say maybe yes sir he's had a, a number of great moments uh in your life have you seen anything like that is another one that many people look back and think of of course that call in particular was from tiger woods and when we come back here on gtc another eventful week for tiger woods he withdraws from the genesis invitational due to illness the big question What's next for T-Dub? We discuss that and much more next right here on GTC. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the new QI10 Carbon Woods. Experience TaylorMade speed with the forgiveness of 10K inertia with the all-new QI10 Max, only from TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Movember, the official men's health partner of Golf Talk Canada. You can get involved and help change the face of men's health by visiting Movember.com today. Welcome back inside GTC. Scully and Weeks here's Aquino coming up in our next segment. Well, heading into the Genesis Invitational, there was a lot of buzz about... Tiger Woods playing on the PGA Tour for the first time in 2024. The week began for Tiger wearing a cashmere Sunday red hoodie on Monday. The week ended prematurely for Tiger on Friday as he was in a golf cart, hands on his face, not looking great at 
all. Uh, Bob, when you saw Tiger sitting in the golf cart after hitting the tee shot on the seventh hole on Friday, what was your level of concern? Did you think back or leg or some sort of injury immediately? Well, we'd seen him sort of on the tee before, and he was leaning forward in a, what I would sort of say was a motion that I described as trying to loosen up his back. And now you kind of know it, was, it wasn't loosening up his back. But that was my first instinct was, okay, now the back, because he had talked about having the back spasms uh, on, on Thursday when he hit that famous shank, now famous shank, on the 18th hole. So I figured, okay, maybe it's the back. And we've sort of been forgetting about the fact that he, his back has also been an issue um, not only just his ankle and his leg. So I think there was a, uh, a sense to me of, uh oh, you know, here we go again. And then, um, and then when you found out it was an illness, I mean, we didn't, still didn't even know what kind of illness. And when you see the uh, paramedics truck pull up in front of the clubhouse, you're going, okay, this is a little more serious than we thought. And maybe it's something, you know, fairly drastic. But um, I, did, uh, I did share some texts with uh, Brennan Little, who was caddying with, uh, with Gary Woodland, afterwards and I said did you know he was sick and he said not until he threw up <laughs> on the sixth hole so I guess I guess it was pretty evident to all of them at that point we didn't see that on camera obviously but uh, he had a little up chuck and so um, you know it's 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 by, by by as you were saying at the top of the show you know there's I think there was a lot of it going around because you hear all the stories about uh, about uh, this player and that player and Jordan Spieth you know the reason he signed his scorecard is because he had to rush to the washroom and there was another player who was late for his tea time racing for because he was apparently in the washer, not late, but almost late. So there was something obviously going around, a bit of a bug. And uh, unfortunately, Tiger caught it. And it's just like <laughs> this guy, I don't know. He just can't buy a break when it comes to trying to get back in the, into some kind of rhythm. Yeah, a lot of bathroom talk on uh, throughout the PGA Tour, a lot of uh, issues going on uh, with the still match. Uh, apparently, Patrick Cantlay had a fever of 100 degrees, and that's why he didn't play very well on Sunday. One of the reasons why we'll get into that a little later in the show, too. But let's talk about what you did see from Tiger Woods. And yes, the, the shank on Thursday in the first round on the 18th hole was jarring to say the least, because even Tiger was talking after the round and said he had these back spasms, and I didn't really see him flex his back. Or it, I've never hit a golf ball with a with back spasms. I've had back spasms. I'm 30, almost 32, going on 90 sometimes, the way my body feels. But I, I, I'm a little amazed that he was able to even hit a driver with 172 miles per hour of ball speed right before. But shank aside, from what you did see from Tiger in the first round, what were your impressions? Uh, I thought he played, he looked pretty good, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought there was no discernible hiccup or even limp when he was walking. I didn't see that until maybe late in the day, but that may have been more, or late on, late in the six holes that he played. He sort of was hobbling, but that may have been just because he's had the, the bad head and the bad stomach going. I think he looked a little rusty some of the uh, some of the chip shots some of the putting was at times was really good at other times was kind of um was kind of off kilter i guess so the consistency wasn't there and that's to be expected but other than that i thought his swing looked good he had that uh he was playing that nice big cut that he plays now and and overall didn't seem to be favoring any part of his body whether he was swinging or whether he was just walking to the next shot and we should point out, too, in the first round, and I know it is just one round of golf. I know that. And the other guys clearly didn't play great, but he 
beat more Rory McIlroy. He beat Max Homa. He beat Matt Fitzpatrick. He tied Justin Thomas, who arguably heading into this past week was the hottest player on the PGA Tour not to get a win. Hey, all three of us had Justin Thomas on our PGA Tour picks. Ah, missed the cut last week. So for Tiger Woods, performance, it looked pretty good. It looked like there was a little more speed. With the driver hitting that cut off the tee, I found last year if he was really hitting that cut to get into play, it was in the 168 to 170 ball speed. And on Thursday, it was closer to 172 to 175, so a little more speed. That could be with the new TaylorMade driver. That could be because of the work he's done in the gym. But people listening will now be curious because we had – the chat both on SportsCenter and on YouTube last week that Tiger has this schedule in mind to play one tournament a month in 2024. So you would have thought that would have been last week then the Players' Championship and then one major a month through the end of July. I wonder, Bob, given he only played 24 holes and as we think it was just the flu, you wonder if he's going to add a different tournament to his schedule now. What do you think? No, I don't think so. I think he's got his – I think he had it mapped out pretty good. I mean, I think we'd love to see that. Maybe something after the the, uh, the PGA Championship or after the uh, – sorry, after the Open Championship, maybe something in August. I just don't – I think he's going to play less than he's going to play more. He's kind of talked about the fact that he's never going to play a full schedule again. He's never going to play a big one. Now, who knows? Maybe something will come up and he'll do somebody a favor or uh, – get a nice offer to show up somewhere or something. But at this point, I would just see him playing the next five tournaments that we've sort of outlined, which would be the players and the four majors. I think his body, again, looks like it can handle it. Whether he can play to a level where he can compete, I think that is unknown at this point because even though he did beat all those guys that you said, he was still fairly well down the pack and he was on the bubble to make the cut. So I think there's still a long way to go. But again, a lot of that could just be rust, just shaking it off, just getting into the tournament. And we know what if what he's like when he starts to feel that groove, when he starts to sort of see his name rising up the leaderboard. Uh, and I think there's I think there's still some time left for that. Again, I, and we've been saying this all week. You know, he's 48 years old. His body is broken. It's fused. It's tied together. It's whatever you want to say. So there are only so many swings left in that body. And let's just hope that maybe at one point he can put some together. Maybe not win a tournament, but at least I think we were talking about this, you and I, on Sports Center this week. Maybe just get a little bit of a tease to us uh, that maybe he's uh, in the hunt anyway. And just to see those eyes focus in and, and start to, to bear down. Well, if he does add a tournament, I know May 30th to June 2nd, RBC Canadian Open. I'm sure that would be pretty thrilling to watch. But no, Tiger Woods, let's hopefully see Tiger Woods back healthy both back ankle and hopefully the stomach is okay for tiger woods when we come back here on gtc mark sacchino going to join the show he was on location at the genesis invitational for a full recap of hideki matsuyama's win at the genesis this is golf talk canada this is golf talk canada presented by taylor made this segment of gtc is brought to you by WeatherTech canada Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside GTC Scully and Weeks here. Zakino is flying back from LA today. He's been 
uh, on the West Coast swing, working for PGA Tour Radio, making his way back today. And yesterday, shortly after, Hideki Matsuyama won for the ninth time on the PGA Tour. I had a chance to catch up with Mark for a full recap of the week that was. All right, let's bring the Z-Man into the conversation now. Mark, just how impressive was Hideki Matsuyama in that final round? That was quite a sight to see, wasn't it? I mean, to do what he did, he had three hat tricks in that round, uh, which is, and the one at 15, like the start one at 15, that hole was just taking, kicking butt and taking names all week, 12, 13, 15. 15, the hardest hole in the golf course yesterday on the Saturday in the third round. And then look at, at how pivotal that birdie was at 15 to start his stretch again at 15, 16, 17, his final hat trick. You know, Will Zalatoris, who, you know, near the end of this tournament, you know, multiple guys had a chance to win this tournament, but coming down the stretch, I think, you know, Will was probably the only one that was still within kind of shouting distance. And, he goes ahead and drops a shot at 15, where Hideki makes three. It's a two-shot swing just on that one hole. Hideki birdies 16. Zalatoris misses a putt he needed there. And, you know, the tournament's over. But, you know, Hideki was telling us he was hurt last year. And, you know, not a lot of people were talking about it. You know, he speaks typically through to Japanese media through a Japanese uh, interpreter. And he said, you know, I'm healthy now feel good i'm healthy i'm ready to go so his two-year drought has come to an end and uh when the iron play lines up with the putter like it did today well we we know what it can do it can win green jackets and uh it was so impressive skills it really was impressive and we've seen this from matsuyama in the past where sometimes he'll hit an iron shot and from the body language, it doesn't really seem that he <laughs> likes it. And 15 and 16 today, he almost had one hand off the club. And those two shots, the approach into 15, the tee shot into 16, finished a combined, what, a foot and a half away from the cup? It was impressive. And two, Mark, I have to say, with the flat stick, he looks a lot more comfortable. And that's a dangerous sight to see for a lot of other PGA Tour players. Totally. Uh, a couple to kick in range. And yeah, we call it the Hideki on PJ Tour Radio because often on PJ Tour Radio, Scully, you know, we, we lose the ball in the sky. You know, we don't have images. We can't look at the monitor. We don't have cameraman with us. We're literally calling it with our own eyes. And, and when you miss it, you kind of go to the player for reaction to try to get an idea on where it's going. And, and if a guy is looking up and down, you know, he likes it because that's the first thing a player does is just the head just goes up. But now because they, they hit it on the line, they like one hand off the club usually means the guy's lost it off to the right. Like he's flared it. You can't play that game with Hideki. He will get you every time. <laughs> he will make you sound like an idiot because you'll say, you'll say something like doesn't like this one. And he hits it to a foot. Right. So um, he wins on good golf courses too. You know, uh, this golf course players were talking all week. How it's, you know, it's one of their absolute favorites. It's definitely one of my favorites. And I have got, and you know, Bob and I will have to talk about this when we're back on the air together live and we're not uh, all traveling at different times, the three of us. We'll have to definitely have this conversation together. But I uh, called the 10th hole before the start of the week my favorite short par four, the best short mm. par four in the, in the game of golf. And Bob likes it. But he, but I, he, he suggested it wasn't like his favorite. He thought it was a little quirky and a little tricky. It's maybe crossed the line a little bit as it's as it's gotten older. I'm going to double down. It might be 
my favorite hole on the PGA Tour. Wow. I, it's that good. It was today, Adam, it was 313 yards. Do you remember Luke List? He gets up there. He was on fire, right? He, he missed one little putt on seven that would have gotten him to six under on the round, but he's 16 under par. He gets up on 10, does not hit the drive he wants, kind of just flares it out to the right. He's got a bunker shot of about 45 yards from the short bunker. He needs to go over another bunker and try to stop it on this putting service. He just has to take his medicine. He, he, he sat there and spoke with his, him and the caddy talked for like five minutes. And he's like, I don't want to aim over, like aim 50 feet, 80 feet left of the flag. I'm 45 feet from the hole. I want to try to t- take a shot at the target. And I really think, you know, it, it ended up leading to a bogey. Uh, but how many times on the PGA tour on a hole where there's no hazards, there's no water features, there's nothing like that that a caddy and a player from 45 feet will, or excuse me, 45 yards, excuse me, from 45 yards will have a you know, borderline argument about hitting it away from the flag. Like it, the hole is just so good. It forces guys to create a strategy from the time they get, you know, from the time they get to the tee for four days, the strategy can change so much on where the pin and the wind and, it's all about the angles. And unfortunately, in the modern game of golf, we don't get those situations as often as we do unless we are Pete Dye and we build an island green. There's not a strategy, but at least you ask the player to, to man up. Um, the, I mean, the, the, there's I, you can play the 300-yard par four that you can play 30 different ways. It's, it's, it's just an amazing golf hole. And something that I'm – guessing you haven't seen so after rory mcelroy finished his round he actually sat in with cbs for about 15 minutes and he was actually in the booth when luke list was going through this and he said this would be a borderline miracle for him to make four unless he literally takes his medicine and goes sideways because a whole earlier he had 18 feet to shoot 29 on the front nine and what seemed to be total control of the tournament and the the whole it's it's fascinating to watch and it's it's interesting to you know Zalatoris missed it left and short on ten and he had a pretty clear pitch even Jason Day was a little short of the green Matsuyama too and they had to hit this like flop shot to even stay on the green and to your point too Mark the angles Patrick Cantlay miss hits his three wood off the tee what's he left with he's got a 60 yard bunker shot <laughs> with absolutely nothing to play with yet he was trying to hit an eight iron from 60 yards in the bunker so i guess what we have to say is hopefully more holes like this going forward what do you think yeah i'd love to see stuff like this brought into to, to some of our modern technology uh, in modern design and i think it will because you know, some of the new golf courses built from the 90s onwards have, have really tried to put the bounce back in, in the golf course and create the edges. You know, they tried this at LACC, they, they, you know, down the road, and they had an attempt to do so. But the angles and, and the uh, the targets were just too wide. You know, you and I have had this conversation. You don't stand on the 72nd tee in the U.S. Open and have an 81-yard or 88-yard wide target. It's just that's not what the U.S. Open's about. But but the concept there was to try to do the same. Like how do we how do we put a bounce in this golf course? How do we create some angles and whatnot? And uh, Riviera is just a masterpiece. Of that. Graham Dillette's down here with me this week because he's working for PGA Tour Live, so we're both working for PGA Tour Entertainment. 
and we had dinner uh, Saturday night, and um, he said, as a player, he didn't even think about anything other than aiming in the left rough. He literally got up there four days in a row at Riviera and pounded three wood towards the trees and just hoped he got hoped he got lucky and hoped he got a, a good lie because he said there was nowhere else to hit it. He said, the, you know, the likelihood of, of aiming it at the left front and stopping it on that upslope are, you know, one in a hundred. Most often they tumble down and you, you get a bad kick. He thought the best play was into the left rough. And I went, really? I'm like, you're not even going to take a shot. And we kind of went back and forth. He's like, really? So we get there today and we're both with Zalatoris and Luke List. I'm with radio. He's with live. We happen to be there together, same time. And we just had this conversation 24 hours before. And Zalatoris hits it left into the trees into the rough, into the Dillette office, right? <laughs> into Graham's office. And, you know, uh, Luke List tries to take a shot at the flag and flares it. What happens? You know, Zalatoris goes on to make uh, a birdie there. Did he make the birdie? I can't remember. Did he make the birdie at the... Yes, he made the birdie at 10. Mm-hmm. I believe he made the birdie at 10. My mind's completely gone. And Luke List made a bogey. It was a two-shot swing. I can't remember if... Uh, or did he make the par? Zalatoris yeah, made par. Card. Yeah, Zalatoris par. made par. par. He actually, Sorry. yeah. So he chipped. He, had a, he, had a he, he missed the seven he had a footer. Seven yeah. footer. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's right. Yeah. So he missed the seven footer, but he had a seven footer for birdie. Mm-hmm. While uh, Luke List, you know, never looked like par was even in the equation, and right. he ended up making a bogey. So um, I love the hole. It's great, and uh, it never it never disappoints. It's it's the same every year, and and of course it also sets the tone at him. Because you go on to the next hole, we get to the par 5 11th, and Zalatoris feels some, you know, a little bit of a crack in the armor by List. Little did they know that Hideki was going to take control of this tournament. But it certainly sets the tone because now Luke List is completely flustered. This is a guy who shot 30 on the front nine, to your point, at 18 feet for 29. Now he's flustered. He makes a mess of 11, second easiest hole in the golf course, walks out of there with par. Zalatoris walks out of there with birdie. After that, List was done. His mind was melted, hit it in the trees on 12. He was finished. Ten took him down, and he couldn't get over. Yeah, he couldn't get over in a big way. And two guys who also didn't have their best stuff on Sunday, clearly was the best of friends, Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley, whose performance now looking back at the final round and their performance, their finish overall in this tournament is more disappointing to you. Patrick Cantlay, who you had pre-tournament on our TSN Edge selections, or Xander Shoffley? I think it's got to be Cantley. Neither one of them can be happy, Adam. It was horrific golf from the two of them, completely flat, and it started on the first hole. If you don't birdie the first hole at Riviera, uh, it's different when we come back for the U.S. Open because that'll be a par four for the U.S. Open, and we'll play Riv as a par 70. But in a Genesis Invitational, that is you know, the easiest opening hole on the PGA Tour. And you've got to leave with a four or better and neither one of them birdied the first hole. And that kind of set the tone for the day. They never got comfortable. They never kind of settled into the round. And it's so weird. I mean, you could almost see it coming a little bit from Xander Schauffer. If you looked at his numbers this week, he only hit 10 or 11 greens most of the week. He was, it was scrambling with saving his butt. He was 15 of 15 in scrambling for his, for his Friday, Saturday round. So he's missing greens left, right, and center, and his short game was, was keeping him in it. You, you can only play that game so long, right? You can only roll the dice with not being able to make, you know, 
stress-free pars and giving yourself looks, it caught up with them. Uh, Cantley is the one that's surprising. Like, Cantley looked like the guy who was going to win this golf tournament from Thursday. He never looked like he wasn't going to win this golf tournament until we walked off the first green today. And all of a sudden, it looked like, hmm, he just looked flat. Set The second hole was a sloppy mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just kind of went from there. So I think Cantley's the one, uh, especially with his history at this golf course, finishing third here last year, playing junior golf here, playing amateur golf here, college golf. I mean, this is about as much of a home game as he's going to see from a West Coast standpoint. Got to be disappointing for, uh, finish for Cantley. And on the other side of the spectrum, you got Canadian Adam Hadwin. What another great performance by a Canadian on the PGA Tour. T4 for Adam Hadwin. And for a second, Mark, it looked like this guy could post a number. This guy could have pulled a Hideki. But as you, Bob, and I spoke about last week, we all picked him as the next guy on the PGA Tour in terms of Canadians to win. And after what Hadwin put forth this past week, you've got to think that opinion saying the same as Hadwin's going to be the next Canadian to win on the PGA Tour. What do you think? Yeah, and I would say, I, I got to tell you, I thought I got to see a little bit of all of them this week. I got to walk with Mackenzie Hughes a little bit, Nick Taylor a little bit, Corey Connors a bit. I thought they all really looked good at times this week, you know, at times. Um, so I, I, I think the opinion is going to stay the same. I think it's still Adam Hadwin, also because of where we're going. You know, we've got Valspar coming up in a couple of weeks. We, you know, Hadwin loves it there. We've got Corey Connors heading, you know, I don't know. I haven't looked at the field, but I'm assuming he's going to play Valero the week before the Masters. Yeah. It's a tournament near and dear to his heart. So I'm assuming we'll find Corey there. So we're coming into this hallway of, you know, the what is the Florida swing? And then a stop in Texas, two steps now in Texas. We'll go Houston Valero leading into Augusta. I got to think these golf courses line up well for our Canadians and, and Hadwin looked great. They all look like they played well. I think it's a matter of time before we get the second win. I think it's going to come soon. I think we get, uh, I mean, it feels like it's coming before Augusta. It doesn't have to, you know, but I, I do think it's coming in the, certainly in the first half of the season, we're going to have another Canadian win. There's too many red and white on the leaderboard every, every week. It's crazy. It's just crazy. And they're, playing well and they want to outdo one another and they've got their eyes on the Olympics and they've got their eyes on the president's cup. And I mean, uh, there's so much to play for, from a Canadian golf perspective that uh, they also, I think Adam want to take the pressure off Weirzy. I mean, Mm -hmm. if we could get two guys to automatically qualify and then that would really free up Mike in, in the pick scenario to, to not be a Homer and maybe add two more and get the four. Whereas, you know, we get maybe one guy qualifying automatically. It's a lot of pressure on, on Mike to just start adding Canadian flags. You know what I mean? So uh, I think they should, you and I had the conversation a couple of weeks ago, how good it would be to more Canadian Canada. That's going to be a home game for that international team. I think it's good for everybody. Uh, But I think these guys want to do it on their own and get in there and they're playing well enough to do so. Now, before we let you go, a lot of the talk heading into the tournament was, of course, about Tiger Woods. Bob and I got into Tiger a lot earlier in the show talking about the illness, etc. So instead, we'll talk about the current world number one, Scotty Scheffler. Another week, another top 10 finish, another week finishing last in strokes gain putting. You got to see Scheffler up close a couple times on the greens. Is it is it hard to watch? How would you describe seeing Scotty Scheffler's struggles right now? 
It's really funny because as the week goes on, the stroke looks more fragile, I guess is the word. Um, it starts off on a Thursday and he seems to be rolling it well and he seems to burn some edges. And you're going, man, these are just off by like a fraction. So, you know, so are the reads just off? Is the pace just off? Really hard to dissect because the balls, you know, the balls look like they're tracking and look like they could go in at any moment. And, you know, the old the old adage is just keep hitting your lines and eventually they'll go in. Well, we're two years now and he's hitting his lines. And, you know, there's a couple of wins certainly along the way for Scotty. He's too good. But overall, they're not going in. And then as we get closer to contention, we get closer to the weekend and this tournament becomes real. He starts missing five footers. He starts missing three footers. And that's not hitting your lines. And now there's something going on between the ears, right? Now, you know, we're we're getting yippy and we're getting flinchy and the whole shrinking on you. And it, we're right back at him where we were last week, the week before, six months ago. At what point are we going to change the grip, change the putter, change both, do something radical? And not for a round. We saw a putter change uh, in the playoffs last year for one round. That's not trying something. The same grip uh, going to a different style putter for 18 holes is not not committing to a change or trying something and then going right back. I'm talking about a, committing to something different um, because doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is, is insane. And that's currently where we're at right now with the best ball striker on the planet. And obviously the Tiger story is, you know, the big one. Let's hope it is the flu. Let's hope it is what it is. And he's back and, and whatnot. And the, the Jordan Speed thing is crazy. And today's day and age that we're still doing this is just ridiculous. Yeah. But the two big things that I take from this week outside of what Hideki did is – Scotty Scheffler's putter is still a huge problem and a huge story, to your point. And I said to you and Bob, Rory McIlroy has concentration issues. He has moments in a golf tournament where he turns his brain off. This is the conversation we had Wednesday on radio. Did you see him go double, triple at 15 and 16 on Thursday? Mm -hmm. He's going about his business fine. And how you make a double bogey at 15, totally his fault. Bogeys are one thing, doubles are something else. And after you make a double, you make a triple bogey on a 160-yard par three without a penalty area. That is a lack of concentration. That is just something is happening between the years in these moments in time where it's like he has no fight or no grind or doesn't know how to like focus again after something goes wrong. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I, I have seen it. I've been watching it for over a year now and it happened right in front of my eyes. I was with him for the double and the triple this week. And the first thing I thought about him was there it is. There's exactly what we were talking about on golf talk Canada the other day, that moment in a tournament where the some somehow in around his brain just shuts off and he goes into this other place where things just move really fast and everything goes out of control. Hard to watch. Two of the best in the world. And they got two very huge problems right now. 
Yeah, I certainly do. Two of the best in the world, two intriguing storylines as we continue here on the PGA Tour. It's been a wild start to the season so far. Well, Mark, thanks for your time today. I know it's a busy travel day on Monday. We'll talk to you again Wednesday on GTC Radio. Thanks, Gauls. Talk Wednesday. Great stuff there from the Z-Man. We'll wrap up Hour 1 after the break. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up Hour 1 here on GTC. Coming up in Hour 2, we'll learn all about Myrtle Beach, both the PGA Tour event going on there in March, and how you can plan a trip to Myrtle Beach. We'll have winners, weird and what, but we'll kick off Hour 2 on the other side with a recap of the Genesis Invitational from some of the notables. What is going on with Scotty Scheffler's putter, and when is he going to make a change? All that and more next here on GTC. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 18 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside GTC, hour two, the back nine here on the show. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Coming up in hour two, we'll learn all about Myrtle Beach, the Myrtle Beach Golf Classic coming up in May, including a cool little initiative they're doing with some of the top YouTube golfers in the world. We'll have winners, weird and what. We'll have leaderboard updates where we'll talk about the Genesis Invitational. Yes, Hideki Matsuyama got the win. But a lot of other notables having some eventful weeks for sure. And Bob, starting with Patrick Cantlay, it seemed like he really had one hand on the trophy for a lot of Saturday's round, seemed in control. And then on Sunday, clearly didn't have his best stuff. And as we found out afterwards, clearly wasn't feeling his best. But what did you make of Patrick Cantlay's final round? Yeah, you, you kind of wonder how much the illness, uh, if that's, you know, how severe it was, how strong it was, how much it bothered him in that last round, because he sure did seem to be playing just that much better than everybody else out there. And in his, his approach shots were really good on uh, Saturday especially, but there's a lot of really good-looking shots that he was hitting, and he just seemed to be, other than the fact that he was slow as molasses, he seemed to be really in a comfort zone and, and very, very... Uh, very at ease, like he didn't seem to be too flustered with anything. He never really shows a ton of emotion, except 
maybe in that situation with Rory at the Ryder Cup. But other than that, I just thought he looked like he was just going to cruise to the final. In fact, I was texting with uh, one of our producers, Mike Kaczynski, Kaz, and we were sort of saying, gosh, I hope he just doesn't run off with it because it would be a nice – you, you like a little battle down the stretch, and he provided it for us, but unfortunately it's kind of the wrong way. Okay, you mentioned it right there, the pace of play, and I want to get into this because, yes, watching you know, social media, watching Twitter throughout the early portion of that final round for sure, two or three holes in, they were already a hole, hole and a half behind. Nothing's done. Nothing is done. They're not penalized. I don't believe they were on the clock, too. Is it just a matter of time, they were. Bob, where nothing is going to change? pace of play wise on the PGA tour until someone notable gets penalized when they have a chance to win on Sunday. Well, uh, from, from what I understand, they were put on the clock and they did speed up a little bit uh, towards the 13th or 14th holes. I think it was somewhere in there, but again, you know, like that, that's a temporary thing. Basically what you see from most people is they, they kind of uh, speed up for one hole. And then they just kind of fall back into their rhythm. And you, again, it's just so hard to try and get these guys to move unless you're going to charge them strokes. You can find them all you want. You know, $3,000 for Patrick Cantley, he doesn't care. That's, you know, that's what he, that's sort of what he finds between the couches at his place. But I think really what you got to do is you got to find these guys strokes. And that's where it really counts. If you're going to take away a win from them, then that's what's going to happen. They do it on the LPGA Tour, and it works wonders. I'm telling you, they they have a very good pace to play on the LPGA Tour. But you're right, Adam. You know, unless you're gonna unless you're gonna make this something worthwhile that you're gonna fight it, then they're gonna just keep taking the time. You know what they say, Bob? Whether it's at our home courses or on the PGA Tour, those who are slow players. Don't believe they're slow players and talk about how everyone else is the slow player. And Patrick Cantley, I believe he's called himself a, a patient player. But I don't know. <laughs> it gets after, after he looks at the hole for the 14th time and he's still tapping his feet back and forth, just hit the ball. Just, you know, watch, watch Brooks Kepka, Watch John Rum. I know they're both on live, but two examples of guys who just – Grip it and rip it. I don't know. There's something that really does have to change, and hopefully at some point that will change because it can be painstakingly slow watching these guys play golf. Now, Xander Shoffley was another guy in that group, and he hasn't won for quite some time. Also faltered, and it looks like he's doing some work, or he has started to do some work with swing coach Chris Como, and it seemed as though he was playing golf swing a little bit, especially after he made that eagle on the 11th hole in the final round? What do you think, Bob? Yeah, it looked to me like you could see his brain kind of working before every swing, like he was kind of going through things. It wasn't something that just happened naturally. He sat down there and went through his routine. You could see that. Um, I think he's playing as pretty good golf right now for a guy who is still battling that. He's you know he's had a fairly decent start to the season. It's... it's um, when you're making swing changes, it's hard to get out on the golf course and kind of be free. And it's always coming back into it. You're always sort of thinking in the back of your head. Now, I don't know, you know how far along he is, exactly what he's doing with Chris Como or whatever, but it's certainly, it's certainly he's, he's in position to win again. He's, he's got enough game right now. It's, gonna, it's just going to kind of let it happen almost. And that's tough to do when you're 
the, the worms are going and the and the, the the cogs are spinning inside your head telling you do this do that do the other thing so hopefully he's freed up before too long and we'll see he's a really good golfer not to have won for that this long period of time and another guy we'll be looking at in major championship season looking to win that first career major championship one player who does have one career major he's currently number one in the world is scotty scheffler and scotty scheffler it's another week it's another top 10 finish it's another great performance t to green short game some issues chipping and then you look at putting last in the field of all players who made the cut 51st in strokes gained putting i don't know bob should we just hit play on a conversation we had last week and just do this all over again because when is it going to be time for scotty <laughs> scheffler to make a change come on <laughs> i mean it's it's really hard to watch and i'm just going through his stats per round you know when you look at off the tee first round off the tee he's ranked third uh he's 66th in putting second round off the uh, around the green he's first uh strokes gained putting he's 61st he actually had a good looks like a decent round on on the third round where he was 22nd and that was one of his best marks uh but still a, a negative strokes gained total and then on uh, on the last round uh 27th in strokes gained putting 12th and overall as you pointed out basically dead last, minus 4.358 strokes uh, to the field. And I, I would say the only thing I noticed this, this week that's a little different is there was a lash out. There was a, you know, he threw the ball off into the, into the woods where that's something we haven't really seen from him yet. So maybe it is finally getting to the point where he realizes, okay, look, I got to take, I can't just do this with Band-Aids. It's got to be major surgery. I've got to either pull a Will Zalatoris and maybe think about a long putter or maybe I just even go to a different model like Rory was suggesting maybe he should go to a uh, to a, a, a more of a uh, like a spider type putter just do something that's got to change it up because what he's doing is not working and obviously it's costing him uh, a lot of money but a lot of a lot of tournament titles too you could really come down and say that if he can putt well he could have he could have easily won this tournament easily could have won this tournament probably have three wins already this season countless victories last season and to your point too that was the frustration that was something i noticed too and there was that clip that went viral of scheffler scheffler throwing a ball 50 yards 40 yards like he really gunned this thing he looked like an nfl quarterback with a golf ball in his hand that thing went flying <laughs> and a couple of times where he really smacked the the face of his putter against his shoe where clearly the guy's ticked off the guy's not happy and as Rory said too, with CBS, it's you know changing to a mallet putter has really helped his stroke personally. And we know TaylorMade has a lot of mallet style putters available. Maybe he goes to something like that. Maybe he tries to go left hand low. Whether you're the top ranked player in the world or whether you're a weekend warrior, sometimes all it takes is something different, and that could help your putter Scheffler back in action in a couple of weeks on the PGA tour. Well, coming up in May on the PGA tours, the Myrtle beach classic. And when we come back here on GTC, we'll learn all about the Myrtle beach classic and tell you how you can book a trip to Myrtle beach because it's late February. It's getting cold out here again, back to seasonal temperatures. We'll tell you all about Myrtle beach coming up next right here on golf talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 18 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested, 
in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. To learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community, visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside GTC, Scully and Weeks here. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I got to spend time with our friends from Play Golf Myrtle Beach at the Toronto Golf and Travel Show. And right after uh, that appearance, I had a chance to speak with Kyle Oland from Play Golf Myrtle Beach about how to book a trip to Myrtle Beach and the Myrtle Beach Classic coming up on the PGA Tour in May. Let's hear that interview. Now joining us, good friend of Golf Talk Canada, Kyle Olin. Kyle, we got to spend some time together recently. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Yeah, Adam, great to be here. And uh, it was great to be in Toronto last week and just spend some time with folks that absolutely love golf. I think that's what I took from that, uh, the four days we were in Toronto. Yeah, you spend a lot of time with people who love the game of golf. And that's where we'll begin at the Toronto Golf and Travel Show. What was that entire experience like for you? Was it your first time at the Golf and Travel Show? Yeah, it's the first time at, the, the, at that show. Uh, I've been to shows previously in the golf space. Uh, the last one would have been 2018 in Columbus, Ohio. We took a break uh, from the golf show scene for a little bit. Um, but now with the reinvigoration of the game of golf, we wanted to come back. Uh, and see what the excitement was like uh, at the local level. And it was just like that. People were so excited to come talk to us in our booth, uh, talk about Myrtle Beach and talk about not only their trips they've been to, the trips they're planning or the trips they're going on this year. So it was a ton of fun. Loved it. Got to meet a lot of great people. And for people who didn't get a chance to attend said golf and travel show, we're sort of we're at the stage now, really, for a lot of our listeners, a lot of our viewers right now who are, it's, it's winter. It's not exactly the warmest out there and they probably have the itch. They want to get an easy golf trip going. And and that's where Myrtle Beach really comes into play. What What are some of the best ways to book a trip to Myrtle Beach? Yeah, I always recommend get a golf package if you're planning on coming to Myrtle Beach. And the reason being. Adam is, uh, we have over 80 courses here. We have hundreds and hundreds of lodging options. We have golf resorts um, with multiple stay and with multiple uh, golf courses on property where you can do stay and play packages. Uh, we have uh, standalone golf courses. There's so many options. The, the beach is uh, over 100 kilometers long. So, a lot of places to choose from. So, we always recommend getting a golf package, and you can do that through playgolfmyrtlebeach.com. The reason being is you're going to have a concierge service with a professional who lives in the area. They're going to be able to direct you where's the best place to stay, where's the best place to play. You know, a lot of times we hear things uh, from folks who don't know about uh, course uh, renovations or even aeration schedules that happen, and they get there, and they're not aware of it because they booked their round themselves where if you use a golf package, they can give you a heads up if there's any um, you know, scheduled maintenance on the course, so that way maybe they'll point you in a different direction. But we recommend a golf package, and you can do that at playgolfmyrtlebeach.com. 
playgolfmyrtlebeach.com to book a great golf trip. And it's very, very easy to do. Now that's on the amateur level, but looking ahead a couple of months from now, the PGA Tour heading to Myrtle Beach, the Myrtle Beach Classic, May 9th to 12th. What's your excitement level for Myrtle Beach to be hosting a PGA Tour event? Yeah, oh, it's incredibly excited for the golf capital of the world. So Myrtle Beach, um, you know, we are known as the golf capital of the world. And, and for us now finally have a PGA Tour event in our backyard and, and really just cement that status as the golf capital of the world is, is incredibly exciting. Uh, the local community here is buzzing. Um, ticket sales are well ahead of pacing on what um, the management company Sport 5 was projecting for the event. So we are really excited for our first PGA Tour event, the Myrtle Beach Classic, which will be May 9th through the 12th. And um, we're just excited for the opportunity to showcase this amazing destination um, to a worldwide audience. And which course is it being played at? Yeah, so it's going to be the Dunes Golf and Beach Club, uh, which is um, one of the most renowned courses at the beach. Um, perennial top 100 ranked golf course. Um, it's just a treat to play. Um, it is a great layout. It's the only course that is actually on the ocean where you can see the ocean um, from the golf course. And there's no other golf course in the Myrtle Beach area that has that ability. Uh, so it's going to be a treat not only for the, for the players, but a treat for the fans and spectators. You mentioned players there, and many of the top-ranked players in the world will be there. Of course, the PGA Tour event, but I understand that there could be some other players who have popularity in a different sense who will have a chance to tee it up at the Myrtle Beach Classic in this new phase of golf, this YouTube golf era. Why don't you fill us in on what's going on there? Yeah, as you mentioned, YouTube golf is is, is a rising popularity of uh, the amount of people that are are now switching their attention over to a uh, computer or phone screen and watching uh, competitive golf on YouTube. And, and we at Myrtle Beach, uh, we believe that we are at the forefront and the pioneers uh, in the game of golf that we've come up, actually, we just announced it the other day, um, an exciting new event called the Q at Myrtle Beach. And what this is, it's a play-in event where one person, one individual is going to win a spot to play in the PGA Tours Myrtle Beach Classic in May. Uh, but what makes this field unique, so it's going to be a field of 16. We are inviting eight of the world's biggest YouTube golfers to be part of this field. Uh, we want to see if their game can stand up. Uh, we've seen a lot of the, the best YouTubers in the space play at a high level. But now when, it, when the stakes are on the line, we're going to see how they compete. We've seen success in the YouTube golf space from individuals like George Bryant, who recently, a few months back, got a sponsor exemption into the Bermuda Championship. He not only excelled, but he made the cut, made a lot of headlines. So we're excited to see this field of eight and how they compete. Now, the, the, there's going to be another eight individuals in the field as well. Uh, got aspiring pros is what we're calling. Guys that have just been itching to get the chance to play in a PGA Tour event. You know as well as I do that it's a grind to try to make it on the PGA Tour. Well, these guys have been grinding all their life, and now they're going to have an opportunity of a lifetime, a 1-16 chance to make it to uh, the PGA Tour. So we're excited. Uh, this event is going to take place at TPC Myrtle Beach on Monday, March 4th. 
Now, nobody's going to find out the results actually until April 23rd. On April 23rd, a full length, uh, we'll call it a video documentary is going to come out and show the drama, show the results and show who is going to be the winner from the queue and represent Myrtle Beach in the Myrtle Beach Classic. We're extremely excited. A ton of big names are going to be in this field. Uh, we have Grant Horvat, Micah Morris. Uh, we have George Bryan coming. We have Luke Kwan of Good Good. We have Dan Rappaport of Barstool Sports. We have some European presence in Peter Finch. Um, we also have two guys by the name of Mason Cole, uh, or Mason Cole of Busta Jack, part of that field as well. Um, I don't want to go through all the details. You can kind of go on. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you where to go. You can go to Play Golf Myrtle Beach on our Instagram channels to check out the entire field. But it's a super talented field. We have um, some former uh, national champions at the collegiate level playing in the field as well. It's going to be some great golf. And we're going to see uh, if a YouTube golfer can win. So it's going to be fun for the world to see. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. There's so much excitement. I can tell from the sound of your voice. And I, I find it interesting, too, that this is being played in early March and we're not going to find out the result until late April. It's going to feel like we're on The Bachelor right now, Kyle, where things are shot early and we're not sure when it's actually going to happen. I mean, I don't know about you, but that was a professional tease in my mind. Wait, well, well done, my friend. Well, thank you. And, and we'll be teasing it for the next two months as as we have a very talented production team um, that's well known in the in the sports documentary scene that's going to be telling the story. It's going to be must watch television and I highly encourage uh, everyone to, to tune in and uh, we'll put out more information and you'll probably see more headlines in the coming weeks and months. I'm so excited about this. This is going to be awesome. Okay, so we're getting back now to the Canadian side of things, looking at Myrtle Beach. And Myrtle Beach does a really cool thing in the month of March, and that's Can-Am Days. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, Can-Am Days. We're coming into our 63rd annual Can-Am Days. Um, and it's our way, the market's way of giving back to our Canadian uh, travelers. The days are March 9th through the 17th. And what this is, it's a specific set of days where there are specific deals, promotions exclusively for Canadians, whether it's deals on restaurants, um, deals on your hotel accommodations. Um, if you're a Canadian, it's a great time to be in Myrtle Beach uh, because you can get a very discounted stay uh, while you're in the market. And then it's also a great time for golf as well. March is actually a, a super uh, sneaky good March or golf month here in Myrtle Beach because you get um, usually very favorable weather right before April, right before peak rates go up. Um, so you can play some very great golf at a little less of a price than in April. So I always tell people, if you're thinking between uh, March and early April, check out March. But Can-Am Days, March 9th through the 17th. Um, and you can learn more if you go to visitmyrtlebeach.com. Uh, that's our, uh, our one of our great partners here in the Myrtle Beach market where you can learn more about Can-Am Days. That was something being at the Toronto Golf and Travel Show where I saw so much excitement from people walking through the Myrtle Beach booth and seeing that, hearing about Can-Am days. This is going to be something that is truly awesome. Now, before we let you go, speaking of truly awesome, Pop Stroke. This is something that has been growing around the golf space, too, and it's also on its way to Myr Myrtle Beach. Tell us about that. Yes, it's just the latest attraction in the golf capital of the world. So, again, I, I've been saying multiple times we are the golf capital of the world. And the reason why is golf is everywhere. You look left, you look right, you look up, you look down, and golf is around you. And this is just the latest golf, uh, off-the-course golf-based attraction in Myrtle Beach. 
Um, it's a Tiger Woods attraction coming to Broadway at the beach. If you've been to Broadway at the beach, you know there's a lot of different restaurants and other attractions there. It's also in central Myrtle Beach, so it's in a great location. Um, so this is our newest attraction. It's opening in March. Um, so if you're coming on a golf trip, you go play 18 in the morning, afternoon, evening, grab your buddies, go over to Pop Stroke. Uh, I've been told, I've never been to one, but from what I've been told is uh, they'll, they'll bring you food and beer wherever you're at on the course. Uh, and then they automatically track your stroke count from the, the balls on a leaderboard. So you can't, I've been told you can't really cheat at the game because it counts every time the club face hits the ball. So those should be interesting. I'm excited that that opens in March. Again, the latest attraction here in the golf capital of the world. It is the golf capital of the world. It is Myrtle Beach. Make your way there. I've only been once in my life, Kyle, and I'm looking forward to getting there, hopefully very soon. Thanks so much for your time today, my friend. I know we'll be speaking to you again a little later in the season. Adam, thank you for having me. We appreciate your support of Myrtle Beach, and we look forward to having you down here hopefully later this year. Awesome stuff there from Kyle Olin from Myrtle Beach. Bob, have you had a chance to get to Myrtle Beach in your lifetime? I have. I've been there a couple times, and uh, it's uh, it's like you can't walk 10 feet without running into a golf course. It's uh, It really is a golf mecca down there and lots of good fun and uh, lots to do as well when you're not golfing. So it's uh, it's a great place to go for a vacation. Yeah, it really is, and easy to get to as well from the Toronto area. Play the Myrtle Beach Classic May 9 to 12 on the PGA Tour. When we come back here on GTC, it is our favorite time of the show. It is Winners Weird and What, and it is coming up next. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac and the all-electric vehicles that get you in the game. From Lyric to the first-ever Escalade IQ, there will be a Cadillac EV icon for you. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark will be back with us on Wednesday. All right, time for our favorite time of the show. It is Winners Weird and What. And this week, Bob, you have the tea. Leaderboard reports are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in golf. A little different there, Bob, but go ahead. That's all right. That's okay. We like the leaderboard reports as well. Uh, well, my winner this week is uh, not a person, but it is something. It is the flu. <laughs> and I'm chicken the flu because of what the flu did to our uh, the tournament this last week. And, and it's amazing how, I don't know, it's amazing how you can see this stuff go around. And I've been at a number of tournaments where it's hit. And this time, obviously, it took took away one of the best players in there, which was Tiger Woods, and uh, knocked him out. And then you hear all these other rumors about other players getting flu, and you hear um, perhaps uh, Patrick Cantley had it. We saw Tom Kim running to the first tee. Apparently he was doing something previous to that where he almost missed his tee time. Uh, Jordan Spieth apparently had the same similar kind of situation. And, you know, it almost sort of brings back into um, – into focus that these guys are just real people and real things happen to them. And I don't know if you've ever been sick on a golf course. I was in Bermuda one time years ago on a press trip, 
and got hit by a wave of flu in the middle of the round. And you never, you never know um, how few portalettes there are on a golf course until you really need one. And I'm saying this is a winner because it just brings the humanity back into focus for everybody who's out, whether you're a PGA Tour pro or whether you're a hack like me. When you need something to, you need a place to go, boy, you got to go. And I don't know, Adam, have you ever been struck by any kind of an illness while you're on the golf course? Well, I am not going to get into any gory details here, but yes, I have actually. And, you know, Usain Bolt was was a great sprinter uh, throughout his career. And let's just say there have been some sprints, <laughs> to put it bluntly there. But no, in, in all seriousness, no, it was interesting. Maybe not interesting is the right word, but earlier in the week, there was viz, there was photos of Tiger chowing down on quite the burger. And so you wonder, maybe there was just something in the bad burger there that all the players had to go through. But anyway, the flu was a major storyline at the Genesis. Yeah, it was. And so it's uh, hopefully it's not a winner again anytime soon on the golf tournament. But those guys do spend a lot of time together. They're all in the locker rooms. And uh, things can go a little bit haywire. All right. My weird this week is a stat I found about the 10th hole. Now, we had a talk, you and I and Mark had a talk uh, last week about the 10th hole. Mark loves the 10th hole. I think you're a big proponent of the 10th hole. And I said, I like it, but I don't love it. And we were talking about how it forces players to think whether they're going to lay up or whether they're going to go for it. And there was a stat that was presented to me that I'm going to give you a guess on this. How many players or what percentage of players do you think laid up as compared to went for the green this this time? All four rounds combined together. I would say less than 10%. You are exactly right. Not exactly right. You are right. It was definitely less than that. Of all the golfers who played that hole through four rounds, two laid up. There were only two shots where the players laid up. And that goes to show you just how much the change in stats has brought around to this because the statistics show that you have a better chance of making a birdie or a par if you go for it. So everybody apparently is going for it. No one is laying up, whether you put it in a bunker or whether you put it over the green or in the rough. Now, obviously, it doesn't always translate into a birdie or a par. There were some higher numbers than that. But I thought that stat was just remarkable um, to sit there and go, holy smokes, that is something else. Um my my what this week is, what a nice performance by Jared Dutrois. We mentioned him off the top. Now, a lot of people may not know Jared Dutrois, but he is a uh, not-so-young top player now. He's a very good player who's just trying to find that next step. He was a roommate in college with John Rahm. He played in the final group in the Canadian Open as an amateur alongside uh, Brant Snedeker. Uh, a number of years ago, and he's been kind of battling back and forth, Canadian Tour, a little bit on the Corn Ferry. Anyway, he's qualified and gone over to play on the Asian Tour, and through three rounds, he was the leader in the Asian Tour tournament, the Malaysian Open, which not only, of course, is a uh, has a purse, total purse of a million dollars, which is a pretty good payday for those guys, but offered the top three finishers a spot in the Open Championship. Now, unfortunately, he slipped on Sunday, shot a 72, I think it was, and dripped down, dropped down to seven. But I'm making him a, uh, I'm making, I'm giving him a big pat on the back because now he's on to another tour where he can make some hay, where he can uh, move forward. And I think this guy's a good enough player that hopefully he can use this to springboard to the rest of his career. 
Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we look back to that 2016 RBC Canadian Open when he made that 40-footer for Eagle on the 18th hole at the famous uh, Glen Abbey there to make his way into that final group. And we saw players, Canadians in years past, prior to last year, of course, the RBC Canadian Open, you think of David Hur and Jared Dutois, Mike Weir, Graham Dillette, so many Canadians had chances to win that tournament. But for Jared Dutois, we know professional golf is hard and it takes players sometimes a long time to really find their groove and peak really into their primes of their careers. And like you mentioned, this guy played with John Rahm, roomed with John Rahm at college. So good for Jared Dutois playing some good golf right now. All right, Adam, after that, the tea is yours. 348. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that is sweet. Might have to update that little sting after the new TaylorMade TP5, TP5X golf ball was released. We'll have much more on that golf ball on Wednesday's show here. I had a chance to speak with Mike Fox from TaylorMade on that. That's coming up Wednesday on GTC. Okay, my winner this week is Rory McIlroy. And Rory McIlroy, as Mark mentioned in the last hour, didn't have his best week at the Genesis Invitational. He had the second shortest odds pre-tournament, didn't play his best, but... After his final round, he was sitting with CBS. He was given the headset. He called some golf for probably 15 or 20 minutes. And I don't know if Rory's planning on retiring anytime soon. I'm going to guess probably not. But if he does, that was quite the demo reel with his analysis, talking to all the guys and gals at CBS, analyzing golf, walking through shots. Did you see or hear any of this, Bob? I did, and I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was really candid. I thought he was really open, and which is something you don't hear from players on other players. But I thought some of the comments he made and some of the observations he had um, were really good. You know, and I love Trevor Immelman now. I, I, I know a lot of people were kind of worried because they don't maybe didn't really know him all that much, but I think he's excellent as well. But Rory, to me, yeah, he's the heir apparent now. He's the next guy in that chair if he wants it. And it was great, too. You mentioned the 10th hole during your three-dub, how Rory was in the booth when the final groups were going through the 10th hole and how Luke List hit his shot 45 yards short and right on the 10th hole. And he said if he goes at this pin, you know, that's bringing in bogey. That's bringing in double bogey. The only chance he really has to make four is if he shoots directly sideways. And he sure did that. Had some good comments back and forth with Colt Nost as well. So really enjoyed Rory in the booth. Okay, my weird this week, we spoke about the flu earlier, some sort of off-course stuff. You might have noticed Xander Shoffley had quite the haircut, quite the high and tight, the fade, as we call it. And you might think, oh, you wonder, he probably went somewhere in L.A. locally, went to a barber shop, got the high and tight, the buzz done. And he actually got his haircut by his caddy, Austin Kaiser, gave Xander Shoffley the high and tight, it actually looked pretty good, Bob. I don't know if you saw the video of this, but if you're looking for a haircut sometime on the PGA Tour, maybe Xander Shoffley's caddy, Austin Kaiser, is your guy. Well, there's a, there's always a good uh, it's always good for a caddy to have a fallback occupation because you never know when you're going to get the the chop. So that would be good for him. And uh, and and I did see it. I thought he looked pretty good. It wasn't like a real chop amateur kind of done with a hatchet job. It was pretty slick. Yeah, it's not like he put the bowl on his head and shaved around it. So it was a, it was a good little a good effort there by Austin Kaiser, Kaiser and Xander Shoffley. My what this week, 
goes to a Canadian, Mackenzie Hughes, who didn't have his best stuff on Sunday, but had a good week overall at the Genesis. And walking during the third round of the Genesis, CBS, through the AirPod in his ear, had a little walk and talk. And here's one of Mac's answers on the overall state of golf right now. I just think that, you know, it's kind of unfortunate where we are uh, in the game right now where it seems that uh, it's just all about the money. It's all about uh, how much money can I make and uh, kind of lost the spirit of the game in the process. And it's just never, you know, the reason I played the PGA Tour. It wasn't because I wanted to make millions of dollars. Um, I wanted to compete against the best players in the world. Um, you know, make an impact in the communities that we play, and yeah, so that's been the dream since I was a kid. And it seems that some guys have kind of lost a little bit of the sight of that. And you know, now we're in a place where um, I think fans are just generally a little bit uh, kind of fed up with it, to be honest. And uh, those are the people that drive our sport. So yeah, you know, I'd love to appeal to those. So the mass is a lot more, and certainly the way we're going right now, to me, isn't isn't quite it. All I have to say about those comments is, wow, not only the honesty there, but for Mac to make those comments while in competition, and I know it's, you know, he has to walk 300 yards to his ball, but still, Bob, what do you think about what Mackenzie Hughes had to say there? Uh, I thought it was not a surprise. If you know Mackenzie Hughes, he's he's one of those guys. He's a keen observer of things. That's why he's on the uh, PAC, the Player Advisory Council. He's that's, that's sort of a a panel that's made up and selected by the peers. And I just think that he's, I think that he is a respected guy, and I think he is the perfect guy to be able to say something like that. He's not a superstar by any means. He's got a couple of wins. He's a t- talented player. Finished, you know, got got that fiftieth spot just by. Thank you, John Rom. But I think that he's respected by a lot of players. And, and I think when he comes out and says that, and it's bang on, I mean, there's been stories written about that I'm seeing on my, uh, on my web feed here, and, I, and people just sort of agreeing with him totally. It hits home. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing that you, like to, you would like more players to hear from. In a little bit of a way, it's sort of what Rory has been saying now afterwards. Um, but, but I think for Mac to say it, and to say it while he was walking between shots, as you point out, Adam, I think it really had a lot of weight to it. And I, I've really enjoyed these walk and talk interviews with CBS and NBC's done it too, where players are in competition and walking through, telling about scouting through their shot and how they play at the interaction with the caddy. But this was this was bigger than that. This is a conversation that we've had for the last year and a half, up to two years on this show. How money talks is money is taking over all of sports really and golf is is a big part of that so kudos on Mackenzie hughes loved the honesty there when we come back here on gtc we'll wrap up the show we'll have leaderboard updates and we'll give you a little preview of where bob is heading later this week efforting for tsn this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by cadillac's all electric vehicles that get you in the game Choose from a $750 credit with Flow or installation of a Level 2 home charging capability from Q-Merit when you purchase or lease a new Cadillac Lyric.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf. Looking to refresh your golf wardrobe this season? Adidas carries the latest golf styles and technology, built for on and off the course. We encourage you to express your style through every swing. Visit adidas.ca slash golf to explore more. Wrapping up today's show, welcome back inside GTC Scully and Weeks here. Time now for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in the world of golf. Check out bushnellgolf.com for much more information. On the Asian Tour, the Malaysia Open, Jared Dutois, Canadian, T7 finish. David Puig, uh, weekend rounds of 62. 62 gets the victory there. He's earned his way into the Open Championship. PGA Tour champions. Chubb Classic, Stephen Ames. Another victory. Fifth win in his last 24 PGA Tour champion starts. Have to point out to Rocco Mediate coming in second. Check out Rocco Mediate's social media channels because he's got a pretty cool Instagram page going through some instruction, some funny stuff. Rocco Mediate, that is awesome. Genesis Invitational, Hideki Matsuyama. The winner there, ninth career PGA Tour win. A scintillating Sunday, 62 to win by three. Canadian Adam Hadwin finishing T4. Also, Adam Spenson finishing T10. Bob, this week, Brooke is back. The Honda LPGA Thailand. She's had some time off. It's been a good start to the season for Brooke Henderson. What are you looking forward to seeing most from Henderson this week? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing an improvement on what we've seen so far. That's, uh, you know, get that driver working pretty well. And if she can... Uh, hit a few fairways and hit a few greens. I think she'll be in good shape. And I don't know. I think she's, as I said to you before, I think she's pretty enthused at the start of the season. She, those first two events, she seemed really out there, ready to get going and stuff, which I didn't see quite as much as last year, or maybe there's just more of it this year. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do. Looking forward to seeing Brooke back in action. Now, Bob, you're off somewhere on Wednesday for some curling action. Why don't you fill our listeners in on where you're going? <laughs> I am off to Melfort, Saskatchewan, which is uh, about two hours northeast of Saskatoon, or uh, let's say an hour south uh, southeast of Prince Albert. It's up there. And uh, I'm going to host uh, our annual Curling Day in Canada program. Melfort, the uh, town, bid and uh, went into a competition to become the host city, and they were chosen. And so I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in Melford. I did look up that there's Melford Golf and Country Club there. I don't think it's going to be open, obviously, at this time of year. But there is a golf and country club there. There's also It's also the home, Adam, of the Melford Mustangs hockey team, which is a, uh, a, big, a big squad. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing everybody out in Melford. And uh, I'll report back as to what's going on. Yeah, the Melford Mustangs of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, the SJHL. So Bob's off to there on Wednesday. We're back here uh, Wednesday for our preview of this week's Mexico Open. We'll also have a full in-depth look at the new TaylorMade TP5 and 5X golf balls where a lot of PGA Tour professionals, they're half a club longer with this ball alone. So imagine what amateurs out there can get with this new ball. Bob, safe travels on Wednesday. Always fun to spend a couple of hours with you, and you'll be back next week. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Happy Family Day. Enjoy it. Uh, And remember, uh, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. 
This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Looking to refresh your golf wardrobe this season? Adidas carries the latest golf styles and technology built for on and off the course. We encourage you to express your style through every swing. Visit adidas.ca slash golf to explore more. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.